Hello and welcome to Take It or Leave It. It's a Christian podcast to encourage us all to implement real change in our lives based on the teachings of Jesus so that when the rapture occurs, we may all be caught up to meet Jesus Christ in the air. It's about spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. I'm your host, Madison Santiago. Hello and welcome back to Take It or Leave It. Today we are going to be talking about how important it is to be doers of the word and not just hearers of the word. And of course, we are going to jump in with a review. As you know, on this podcast, we certainly review a lot. We are repetitive at times and it is only to ensure that you remember. If it's said more than once, my motto has always been, you should write it down. There are things that Jesus says so clearly and he even says it another time so we ought to do those things too so when we are learning and when we are reading we know that through repetition we will remember it it will become engraved in our hearts so that we can truly implement the word of god every single day amen okay so as a review we all know this here we are a three-part being our body dies our soul dies but our spirit lives forever in heaven or hell The unsaved soul can communicate with the spirit who is saved. The saved spirit communicates with the Holy Spirit. This is how we learn the things we need to do to change, to be righteous by the standard of God. The unsaved soul can communicate with the spirit who is saved. This is the internal war. There's constant communication. The saved spirit is communicating with the Holy Spirit. This is how we learn the things we need to do to change, to be righteous by the standard of God. So not your standard, not my standard, by the standard of Jesus Christ. The soul decides and dictates how the body moves and how we live, right? The soul dictates the body. That is why it needs saved. The communication with the Holy Spirit, it exists to get to the bottom of it, to get to the error. What is the error? Anything that causes the soul to remain unsaved. You know, the word of God says that you and I must be the one to purge out the sin in our life, to purge out the errors. Nobody's going to do it for us. We are the ones that need to take the action and purge it out. And the change will happen when we implement the word of God, the living word of God into our lives. You know, we're born into this earth to follow what the soul tells us. Have you ever heard someone say, do what makes you happy? So in other words, do what makes your soul happy. Or perhaps someone says that makes my soul happy. The world teaches this, and this is why people live how they want regardless of what the Word of God says. This is why people adopt these different lifestyles regardless of what the Word of God says. The Word of God does not agree with us, okay? Remember we said that before? It does not agree with us. It is contrary to our flesh, to our soul, right? But the Word of God can save us our soul. So many, when they hear something that is contrary to what their soul tells them or contrary to what makes them happy, they then lower the standard of God by manipulating scripture. They make excuses to justify their way of life. They brush off the word of God. They weave their own fig leaves 
just like Adam and Eve, to make their version of righteousness. Remember that? Remember when Adam and Eve sinned against God? So the righteousness of God fell off of them. They realized that they were naked. They were found to be naked. So they went and sewed together fig leaves as clothes. Why? Because to them, that was righteous to be covered. James taught us the soul needs saved. Not the soul ought to be saved. Not it's good to have the soul saved. No, it needs saved. In James chapter 121, okay, receive the engrafted word, it says, so our souls can be saved. Receive it with meekness, right? We receive the word with an attitude that is willing to change, an attitude that says, Lord, you know more than me. You know all, Lord Jesus. I I want to be pleasing to you. Change me, oh God. When you are saved, you will want to change for the Lord. You will want to change for the Lord. You will want to be tuned to make the same sound as Jesus, right? Constantly at the same frequency as the Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ. I remember before I was saved, I heard a word that says, when you are saved, you will want these things. When you are saved, these things will be natural. These actions will be natural. You'll be hungry for the word. And I could never understand. I truly could not understand. But today, Today, knowing what I know and having experienced Jesus Christ, it's true. It's true. And to get there to that moment, you need to take action. We all have to take that action to become saved because our soul needs it. So learn the word of God, right? So actually, first, we must hear the word, right? Second, we must believe it. And then third, by faith, we live according to that word. Who? Man's word? No, the word of God. That's what James means when he says to be doers and not only hearers of the word. We must do something with what we learn. What ministry is birthed out of you? What are you doing with the words that you learn? It does not matter how terrible our lives started and still are. It doesn't matter that we don't have anybody in our corner. We can have hope in Christ. Each time you hear the truth, and I mean a Jesus truth, we believe it and by faith we live it out in our life. And Paul reminded us that our cultures and traditions do not supersede the word of God. You know, Matthew 6, 33 says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. What things? The promises of God. So this verse is saying, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So if it's not part of the kingdom of God, it is unrighteousness. So what do you need to do? Disengage now. Disengage now. Cut it off from your life. Why? So your soul can be saved. You and I need to live the culture of Christ, not man's traditions, not man's cultures, the culture of Christ. This is why lovers of Christ, they continue to seek and seek and seek so they find and find and find what is acceptable to the Lord. The more you seek, the more you find. Amen? The more you find, the more you learn and change to be more acceptable to Jesus. Why? Because you love him. The more you seek and learn, the more you fall deeper in love with Jesus because you understand why he did what he did and how much he loves you. It's a way of life that is approved by God. Amen. And remember, we've discussed in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 10, about finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. 
This is a reminder to find out. There is an expectation you and I must find out and seek and seek and seek so we can find and find and find what is the standard of God. This is why we come to church. Of course, we worship the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, but we find out what God's standard is. Why? So we can change. We need to have the mind of Christ, meaning we need to think like Christ. How? Know what he thinks. How can we know what God thinks? Learn the word, right? Find out. The church today needs to teach the teachings of Jesus. Why? So we can disciple others. We need to teach others to obey, not according to your own opinion, but according to what Jesus says. We need to teach others what Jesus says, okay? So why are Christians so different today? There are too many teachings on just whatever. They are not Holy Spirit-led. Pastors are just teaching whatever they want, and it may not be what the people in that congregation need. Too many pastors are using books to get their sermon, right? Already pre-written sermons. Where's the Holy Spirit in that? Does your pastor even know who wrote that sermon? You will know a preacher and a pastor and a teacher by what they teach. And you will know a congregation by their teacher. Because you and I, we can only be as good as our teacher. We cannot surpass our teacher. Because we do not know what we do not know. We're going to know what our teacher teaches us. If your teacher is not teaching what is right, you will not be righteous. This, of course, excludes those who hear the truth right from a good teacher, somebody who's obeying God, delivering powerful Holy Spirit-led teachings. These people could have the best teacher, right? With Holy Spirit-led teachings, like I just said, and still decide not to act. These people are not saved. They're not. According to the word of God, they are not saved. We save our soul every day and we die every day, not physically, but spiritually. Once we repent that one time true repentance and we make up our mind and we turn 180 degrees away from sin, we will constantly be looking for more words from the Lord so we can change. Now, remember, we were discussing the internal war, right? The spirit versus the flesh or the soul. The flesh and the soul are tied together. The saved spirit will defeat the flesh. The saved spirit will be winning the war every day by the power of Jesus. How? We tell the flesh no. This produces righteousness. So you want to move in with your boyfriend or girlfriend because it will make you feel less lonely because that makes your soul happy? Well, the word of God says unless you're married, this is not approved by God. So tell your flesh no. You want to go and attend a spooky Halloween celebration with witches and dancing and fun, right? It's just for fun. But don't do that. Be wise. Why? Because the word of God disagrees. God says we are not to defile ourselves with these things. It defiles our soul. Okay? Tell your friends you're not going. You want to please your friends so they don't turn away from you despite them engaging in ungodly things? Detach from them. Why? So you can save your soul. Love them. I'm not saying don't love your friends, but do not do the things that they are doing. We are in the world currently, but we are not of the world. We don't do the same things. It doesn't matter what joy the world will bring. It's not true joy unless it's approved by God. Okay, so I'm not saying it's a bad thing to have joy outside of church. 
because my family brings me joy. My children bring me joy, right? I enjoy getting gifts on my birthday. I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying, do not defile yourselves. Do not lower the standard of God. Do not ignore the standard of God. We must be consistent in all the things that we do. And we are better off to cut out the sin, to purge out the people in our lives that will deter us from our calling with the Lord. Amen. We've also been peeling back the layers of the breastplate of righteousness. So we all ought to be experts by this point, but there is a lot to teach on this. This is the armor we must produce by the power of the Holy Spirit. Remember, the Holy Spirit is how we can put sin behind us. By his power, Jesus's power, God's power, we stay on the righteous path and our armor grows and grows. Okay, the more we learn, the more we can cover ourselves. Not just learning, but doing and implementing it into our lives, right? Being doers and not just hearers, taking action. Okay, let's talk about lukewarm Christians. Lukewarm Christians are naked before the Lord. What do I mean by lukewarm? These are the people who sometimes serve God, but sometimes do not. Or these are the people that just attend church, but live how they want to live. Do you have family that's this way? then your family needs to repent. What do I mean by this way? I mean lukewarm. Do you have family that's lukewarm? Only partially serving. You know, a partial service is a disservice to God. Just attending church and tithing is not enough. How are you changing for God? Right? And it's, it's not just about purging out the sin, but what are you doing? What action are you showing? How are you making disciples? You cannot straddle the line whatsoever. You need to get on the side of God or not at all. He will vomit the lukewarm Christians out of his mouth. There will be no access to heaven for them. You know, there's a letter to the lukewarm church in Revelation chapter 3, starting in verse 14, and it says, And to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things says the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of of the creation of God. Who said this? Jesus said it. What is written to the lukewarm church? Well, let's continue reading. Verse 15, I know your works, Jesus says, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Amen. So what are symptoms of being lukewarm? Let's continue reading in verse 17. Because you say, I am rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing, and do not know that you are wretched and miserable, poor, blind, and naked. So this is saying, before you had so many needs, but not anymore. Why not? Because Jesus brought them out of that. Then Jesus said, they do not know. They don't know that they're wretched and miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Yet they're living these great lives and they have need of nothing. Here's Jesus' counsel, verse 18. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in fire, that you may be rich, and white garments, that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed, and anoint your eyes with eye salve, that you may see. So what is Jesus saying here? Find the source in me, Jesus says. Get energy from me. Make me the center. Buy from me. Invest in me, right? We've been discussing nakedness, and it has come up several times already within this podcast and previous podcasts. But with what we just read in Revelation and the letter to the lukewarm church, aren't you afraid to think that you are clothed 
with righteousness, but Jesus will say you are naked? Lukewarm Christians, they lose to their flesh. Because if you're losing sometimes, you're naked. There is no partial nakedness. Partial nakedness is full nakedness in the eyes of the Lord. Okay, he will vomit you out. We must put to death the deeds of the flesh. For how long? Until Jesus returns to the air. What do I mean by that? I mean the moment of rapture. This is not the same as the second coming, so please do not be confused. Christ is coming back in two phases, first in the air and then second to the ground. And many today, they spend time arguing when they're going to happen rather than focusing on if they have worked out their own salvation, right, by helping others to be saved. The focus should be on being prepared. All I'm saying is that the Bible says both will happen. Christ, there will be a rapture, right? All I'm saying is the Bible says both will happen. There will be a rapture and there is a second coming of Jesus Christ. The second coming is of less speed than the rapture, which occurs in a twinkling of an eye. Can you see a twinkling of an eye? It's very fast. Many things occur before Jesus touches earth and we learn that in the Bible. But I want to focus on that the rapture is fast because I don't want anyone to be confused. Let's read in Acts chapter 1. I'm going to read verses 9 to 11. And this is when Jesus ascends to heaven. Verse 9. Now when he had spoken these things, while they watched, who? The disciples. So while the disciples watched, he, Jesus, was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. Okay, so Jesus was received in a cloud. If it was a twinkling of an eye, could you see that? Jesus going up and up and up, slowly, 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 and was received in a cloud? No, we, we know this happened slowly because the events are accounted for, right? Verse 10, and while they looked steadfastly towards heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who said, men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. So what do we learn here? He's coming back the same way. He's coming back slowly. We can watch it. He's coming down from a cloud, right? We just read he is returning the same way. So it's not my opinion. It's what the Bible says. This is the second coming of Christ. Everyone, good or bad, meaning saved and unsaved, are going to see this. Many who live according to his way are going to be so blessed to see him. Those who are unsaved will not experience the same. So remember, all of that to say that the rapture is coming as a surprise, a thief in the night, okay? It's fast, a thief in the night. Where does it say that? 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 2. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. Okay, I can understand this. I've had labor pains and there is nothing you can do about it because they are coming. You cannot shut them off. You cannot tell your body to shut them off. They're going to continue to happen. Of course, nowadays there's pain relievers, but your body is going through something and you cannot escape it, right? You don't see it coming. It comes out of nowhere, just like a thief in the night. If the thief is coming at night, you're not going to see him. Do you see the urgency to get prepared? This is the rapture. Okay, it will happen in the twinkling of an eye. Revelation 16, verse 15. Behold, I am coming as a thief. Who's coming? Jesus. Blessed is he who watches and keeps his garments, lest he walk naked 
and they see his shame. Okay, so blessed is he or she. Make sure you have your righteous garments, right? Why? Because Jesus said, blessed is he who watches and keeps his garments. Why does Jesus want us to have these? Because he's coming, okay? So if we're just given it, why must we watch it? There's many churches teaching today that if, you know, if you do X, Y, and Z, God gives you the armor, God gives you the breastplate. But why must we watch it? It's up to us to have it and to produce it, okay? So remember that Jesus is coming for the true church, the spotless bride. His bride are those who died daily, right? Spiritually, who sewed their garment, their righteous garment, right? Not fig leaves, the garment, the armor of God. They're winning the internal war. And we can do this by the power of the Holy Spirit, not man. Man cannot save us, but by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can be saved. When we are here on earth, the power through the Holy Spirit makes our righteous garments, okay? It's us using the power to create the garment. So even in doing so, even in creating the garments, we don't take the credit because we only do it through the power of the Holy Spirit and it takes time, right? So when Jesus returns, we don't need to create it anymore. Why? Because we must already have it. We need it for when he returns, Okay, that's why it is so important to continue through the battle every single day, dying daily. When? Until he returns. We must keep our garment until he returns. Because Jesus is going to give us our final garment so that we can face him and we can stand before him. Right? The incorruptible body. We will face him just for a moment? No. Forever. Forever. If we are saved, it's eternity. Hallelujah. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 1 to 3, it says, For we know that in our earthly house, this tent is destroyed. We have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in heaven. Okay, so a building from God, not a house made from the hands of man, but internal in heaven because God made it. Verse 2, for in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven. If indeed, having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. It does not get clearer than that. If indeed, having been clothed, if you and I are already clothed, we're not going to be found naked. We can go to heaven for eternity with Jesus. We have this earthly house, which is our body. But there's a new house. There's a new house in heaven that can be ours if we are clothed, right? And why Why in verse 2 does it say, for in this we groan earnestly desiring. Groaning is longing. For what? To be clothed from heaven. Why? We just read it. So that we shall not be found naked. By who? Jesus, the only one that matters, okay? We cannot succeed alone. You know, it's not possible to overcome the world alone, but with the Holy Spirit, it's possible. We need our earthly suit here to receive heaven. And we need to be clothed in righteousness here, constantly telling the flesh, no, it's daily. We must do something to implement the word of God into our lives. And I don't mean just anything. We must do something according to what is acceptable to God. We must implement that into our lives. Many churches today... They're heading to hell because their teachers and preachers, they teach that it's easy to be saved. You know, the Bible says even the righteous are barely saved. 
But still, churches today somehow are teaching this lie that it's easy to be saved. The Word of God supports. It's difficult, but possible with His help. Will you take time today to evaluate your heart and take steps to get right before Jesus? Help me to share this with others. There is such an urgency to find out what is acceptable to God, to allow his words to transform us and change us so that we can be worthy to stand before him. Amen. This is shared with the love of the Lord. Thank you so much. This is Take It or Beat It. God bless you all.